Welcome, all you fabulous people out there, to the broadcast. I'm David Woods. Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am joined on this beautiful Thursday afternoon in sunny California by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? You know, much like how you sound, Dave, I'm feeling ebullient. Ebullient. Everyone, please at Dave and say, do not pronounce it ebullient. So I'm a I'm a funny pronouncer. I, I think it comes. I think it comes. <laughs> from, to know this. It yes. comes from being um, a big nerd, like a big nerd. So I just read constantly as a kid, and never and never heard, never spoke, never nerd. spoke or heard from anyone ever. Um, so, like you know, the Seattle Mariners. Mariners. No. You know the team. Marin- Mariners. I went Mariners until I was like eight or nine. And the thing was, I definitely heard that one too. And I was still going Mariners. Wow. Yeah. No, there's little, st- little, little Davy Woods at what, about 10, 11 years old is just almost speaking a different language because Knows- you're mispronouncing oh, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's bad news. Bad news, man. All right. Um, <laughs> Did you have a big beard? When no, were, no, the uh, beard didn't start kicking in until like 15. Got it. Yeah. And you haven't shaved since? No, no. Honestly, I should post a pic on the board because I haven't shaved in six months now. Like not even trimmed. Oh, man. It's something. Like, maybe you should keep that just I've done the thing around the mustache to make sure it doesn't get in my food. But other than that, nothing. That's that's very respectful of you. I know. What can I say? I got sick of like munching on my mustache hairs. I'm just picturing like egg salad. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's no good. Honestly, it's so bushy now around the mouth that like getting a spoon in there can be a little bit difficult. Do people think you have a mask on when you don't? Um, no, but when I have my mask on, it's really like the beard kind of goes over it and like kind of hangs over the mask. People should come up. That's a good idea for a mask that looks like a beard. That'd be great. I think it'd be great for some uh, some of the beardless chaps or, or guys like Chip Kelly with the blonde beard where you have to grow so much hair before anybody even notices it. And not just a little trim thing. I'm talking like ZZ no, Full top. beard. Full I'm talking beard. ZZ yeah, top. Yeah. yeah. Or no, get, Woods. Well, that's the thing. You get one of those neck gaiters and just have the whole thing hair. And that way you've have, got you've got hair from your from your like, you know, collarbone. Yeah. Yeah. That's this is riveting stuff. So um <laughs> Dave, there what are, do you there think? Are, there are like twenty percent of our listeners, I would say, who are just like, I'm I'm turning this off. There's no way. No, they they know to tune in at about the four minute three minute yeah. mark. Yeah. Uh so Dave, what do you think? Uh the Pac twelve is gonna announce its schedule uh you know what? Today. Wow, look at you. Look at you. I pivoted there well. You were setting I, this. This is, th- this is Thursday night, people, and we're going to publish this on Friday morning. So yeah. there you go. So we tell you that, but then we're also going to use things that indicate that what you're listening to is on Friday. So it's going to feel very weird. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're set to announce. Uh, you reported earlier this week that uh, very interesting wrinkle. Um, so first, the 10-game schedule, which was already kind of known. But on top of that, they're flipping some things. Cal yes. and USC, the first two games of the season for UCLA. Yeah, it's kind of funny, too, because I remember when all of this rescheduling thing at the very and I, I forgot this because I'm old. But at the very beginning, I said they were going to move USC and Cal. To, yeah, yeah so, no, but, that was so, that was one of your early takes. Get the important it was. Games out of the way. God, I can't even remember when I'm right these days. No, who could? Who could? Yeah. Um, Interesting, though. I mean, you understand all the reasons, the, you know, travel restrictions. The USC game is a lot more flexible when it comes to moving it around if you have to. You can just plug it in anytime. Hey, let's just throw them all on a bus and drive them across town and play that game. Just play them 10 right? times. Who cares? Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. Um, so then what we're really waiting on is how the rest of the season kind of sorts out. Um, I've heard from various sources first, some who have said, Oh, it could be, you know, changed uh, considerably other sources who have said, 
it, it might not be altered that much from what we've seen. And and with UCLA schedule, I, I could actually see that. Um, you might not. You'd have to add Stanford and Washington. Uh, you already have a buy built in, and you'd have three open weeks. So they might just move Stanford and Washington to the end. But you know what? Why are we even speculating? Because it's going to come out in a matter of minutes. Yes, in a matter of seconds. It may already be out. Who knows? Maybe they released it at 4 a.m. this morning. Not this morning. You, you, they get what I'm saying. They understand. So here's, here's, what, here's what we need to talk about. Um, Let's talk about it. Whatever it is. I'm game. Op- <laughs> Opening with Cal and USC. Hurts the team, helps the team. UCLA. Uh, like in a spiritual sense, or you mean like a record uh, Chip Kelly either, standpoint? Either way you want to talk. If you want to talk spirituality, we can do that. I think it could be fun for them to open the season with some big games. Uh, what I would say is Cal and USC were both expected to be better than UCLA this year. I don't know how much any of those expectations are going to bear out about any but the truly elite teams and the truly awful teams, though. Because the prep time is going to be so different and weird for everybody. And there's going to be some factors, I think, that are going to be so much more important than they were before. And some factors that are much less important. Like continuity of scheme, I can see that being a huge deal. And the fact that UCLA is going to a semi-new defense and is probably going to have to retool part of its offense. That probably, in any other year, the fact that their defense was adjusting a little bit. And their offense was probably moving away from the tight ends a little bit wouldn't be that big of a deal, but where the timeline is compressed, where practices might not happen, certain practices might not happen, all that kind of stuff, those become bigger issues. So I guess what I'm saying there is not (laughs) great for the record, maybe. Um, You know, this is going to be, I think, a Cal team that's got continuity, uh, at least defensively. Yeah, Yeah, defensively. Um, Offensively, it'll be different. Um, And then USC... They have continuity offensively, but not defensively. But UCLA kind of doesn't have... I mean, they've got a, the same offensive you know, guru, but it's going to have to be a different look um, just based on the talent level, and the defense is probably going to be you know, reasonably new. Okay, without getting into the weeds like that, let's what, talk... What? You asked me any way I wanted to go on it, and I just go weedy. That's me. Yeah, you, you are the weed man. I'm not yeah. Have you ever seen High Maintenance on HBO? No. Uh, it kind of reminds me of you, but you need to check it out. It's about a weed salesman. In, um, I'm not a weed in, guy. In New York City. I know, but I mean, he's got your beard. Oh, so. okay. Got it, got it, got it. Got it, got um, it, got it. No, I, I, just from a standpoint of this is what I think. I'm going to be the UCLA football uh, therapist, psychologist. Um, I think – this is based on a little bit of information, but also based on some speculation of, of, you know, of our grasp of human nature. Lost two seasons in a row. Programs lost four in a row. I think it's, I think it's kind of fragile right now. Just given that, then given everything else, the COVID-19 issues, the potential strike talk, I think a lot of the UCLA players are very close to maybe to maybe not having their heart in it all together this season. Mostly I think because they might feel, you know, a little bit of endangered by, by playing this season, but it's all, it all compiles on, on itself. If you started out a season three and O against that non-conference schedule, I, I think how, uh, 22 year old athlete would think is okay i'm in now we're we're gonna win we're gonna have a winning season we're gonna go all the way to the national championship and you start out having lost a couple they're already feeling like this is kind of a throwaway season anyway i don't know i think maybe the emotional wheels could come off after two losses i i I think ucla has to win one of those two games for it to put together any kind of decent season if the season's actually played. So, well, somebody's a negative Nelly. <laughs> that wasn't exactly a, a bullet. 
Uh, not a boolean. Not a boolean. Um, it's I, just I, hard to say your way. Ebulent. It's no, so no, no. Easy. A boolean. So a boolean is fun. Ugh. It sounds like bouillon. <laughs> so, what do you think of that? Kind of. It could. I, I, I agree with you. I think um, for the season not to go off the rails, I think they're going to need to um, start off. I mean, because here's the other thing. Um, Chip Kelly has used the non-conference um, intentionally or unintentionally as basically a proving ground for everything the last two years, which has led to precisely zero wins in the non-conference. They're not going to have that luxury this year. It's going to no be workshop. An, it's no going to be immediately meaningful games. Yeah. So are they going to be able to hit the ground running or is it more that Chip Kelly doesn't really you know, it's not that he's using it as a proving ground. He just doesn't really kind of get shake off that offseason rust until three games into the year. Um, yeah. And we're going to see. Now, I mean, it's not – everyone's going to be in a similar boat. Like, everyone is not – no one's going to be at full strength, full speed. Not everything – they're not going to be like the beginning of any normal season. Um, so – it's just it's going to be hard to gauge week to week. I think this is going to be a very unpredictable season because it's not even just like the week to week factors of who's in and who's out because of COVID, but just the prep time, our guys' heads in it as much. Like all this kind of extraneous detail becomes so much more important when um, things are just you know a little bit more fraught. So, um, and you you make a good point about about having and it might not just necessarily be that you have the same scheme but it might be that you have a returning player you can really really rely on um like joshua kelly that ucla re- like, oh ab- absolutely or Kate on slovis or cal's offense yeah. I, I mean just the personnel is yeah. there um i think SC will be able to just fire up that offense and feel like they're hitting on all cylinders within a couple of weeks. While UCLA seems like it's going to be like searching around a little, little to find its to find its identity on both offense and defense. Well, writing, not that, yeah, yeah, writing the Rashad Williams uh, top thirty story today, yeah, I was or yesterday, <clears throat> yesterday, <laughs> I was struck by. Yeah, this dude's going to be the number one corner, and he was a bright spot in a bad secondary last year, but by no means was he a lockdown guy, and they're going to need him to suddenly grow up a ton. They're going to need, I'm still thinking they're going to need like Elijah Gates to come back from whatever went on with him last year, but they need, their secondary is a major work in progress, because you got guys like Blaylock, who didn't have a good year at all, who's going to have to be in a big role again. Um, and that's even discounting the fact that the defensive front is changing. Um, roles are changing in the front seven and those guys are, you know, at least in the defensive line, relatively experienced, but every single linebacker is replaced. Um, it's just, there's a lot of normal stuff that we were thinking, okay, this year, even though guys are starting to age up and there's going to be juniors on, you know, at quarterback on the offensive line, you know, there's going to be a little bit more experience. Even with all that, we were like, you know, if they get to 500, seven and five, that that's, you know, that might be the best that you can expect with everything else too. Now where they won't have those gimme wins and it's, you know, no spring really to get ready fall camp. You know, we'll talk about that in a second, but fall camp scheduled to start, sometime this coming month in about three weeks we'll see how many practices actually end up happening um but all of that there just might not be much prep time for like say a bo calvert to actually get ready well that's the thing too um in in doing those countdowns if you've noticed there are i think there are more uh unranked in those than ever before only three so far of the top half so 16 through 30 have been unanimously ranked Right. That plus like when I did the newcomer story, it's there are so there are more unknowns. I mean, coming off three and nine and four and eight, there are more on. I'm not saying this team isn't potentially better than those two, but this team has more unknowns than the the teams in the last two seasons by far. I, I mean, 
I don't think that's a good thing coming into this shortened season when you're jumping in and playing Cal and USC. Well, think about one thing that you were speculating about at the beginning of spring, Antonio Mafia on the offensive line. Okay, with a spring and a fall camp, maybe he can get to the point where he's able to seize a starting role, right? Right. How the hell can that happen if there's only three weeks of practice, really, before the start of the season? Yeah. That's the kind of thing where... You would like to project it because looking at the starting group without him in it, it doesn't have a ton of upside. But you can't do it because it's only three weeks, essentially, before the season will start. And it's funny, too. You can't even – like in the offseason, a bunch of guys and maybe a coach would have, you know, his whole unit over for dinner at his house, right, let's say. Yeah. Line them, line them up in the backyard and you could do a walkthrough and stuff. You know, you'd say, okay, this is this and this is this, this is cover two. You do this and this. couldn't do it in this off season. Everyone was not allowed to have little house parties like that. So there are so many little elements that you're right. It's not only shortened, but there's so many different parts that they're, they're not going to bet. I mean, they haven't been able to even be on a field like for a walkthrough in any sense, you know, at, at all. So, I mean, if they get to phase two, that would be when they can start to do walkthroughs, and that would be August 7th. So, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's going to be challenging by, by far. But, um, I mean, we can just say really quickly – I don't think they're going to be able to complete a season, maybe not even start one, but I don't think they'll be able to complete one. I think they will get to fall camp. Uh, From what I've heard about a lot of programs, and I've only heard in little bits and pieces when it comes to UCLA about what the sessions, the workout sessions look like right now. I mean, I'm trying to put together a lot of information to write a story about it. but it's it's high a highly controlled environment, um, and it's just you have to question. Okay, maybe they can they can pull off phase one. They can, which is eight hours a week. They can pull off maybe phase two, because it's literally like a concentration camp, like you know a prison camp. Walking into <laughs> Spalding Field, you know, you walk in single file. I, I mean, it's it's. It's crazy what's what they're doing uh, across the entire Pac-12, but and I and I think they'll be able to get to fall camp. They'll probably be able to conduct some kind of fall camp, um, but it's a whole another matter than playing a football game, and that's where I think so many of the coronavirus risks are really going to hit hard. So I think you can expect them to get to fall camp which is in three weeks. But after that, I don't know. Uh, given given what they're doing now I and applying that to a football season, wow, it's going to be tough to pull off. Yeah. I, I, I'm i still – I mean, I, I maybe they'll try to start camp. I don't know. I'm still very skeptical that a season even gets off the ground. Um, just it doesn't seem like um, – the situation is going to make it possible. Now I'd love to be wrong. Um, but it just, I mean, uh, just looking at the numbers of the case totals and, and deaths and whatnot, it's just, it seems, seems hard to imagine, but, um, I think there, I think there's some value in trying to practice at least, even if it is like eventually that it, just leads to you have to go and play in the spring, um, especially because it does seem like the practices themselves, if you can believe all the case totals that have been coming out of the programs in the Pac-12 that are releasing them, um, which is that like of hundreds of guys, maybe two or three are testing positive. Um, right. It seems like they're doing a pretty good job of controlling it. Um, now, if they can get some practices in, this could essentially function, even if they don't play this fall it could essentially function as a as a spring you know the spring that most of these programs didn't get um and then be full bore and you know hopefully the situation's much better in like january or february and they can begin to plan that 
that's still my contention for what's going to end up happening. Um, it's just it. I know it, we're, we seemingly in like a news cycle way. We've gone from three weeks ago it all being very, very pessimistic with, you know, Commissioner Sankey of the SEC saying, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very pessimistic now. Big Ten doing the same thing. Everybody's starting to announce that they're not going to do non-conference. And then it just seemed like the news cycle shifted, like everyone got bored with that narrative. Nothing fundamentally changed. Like, the the outbreak didn't get better in the last three weeks. It got worse. Um, well, I, I think there's a few things. And uh, um, I... In line with what you're saying, uh, the difference will be um, this is why I think they are going to get to fall camp. I don't know if they get out of fall camp because the difference is going to be, yeah, there's been a few scattered cases in the Pac-12 because these are highly, highly moderated, controlled environments. Player walks in, goes to a set of weights, does his weights trained there's no one within 20 feet of him he's in a small little pod of like five to ten players he walks out another i mean okay you can control this what happens when fall camp starts and they're actually playing football and bumping up against each other and breathing on each other which they haven't done yet and you can do walkthroughs really without people you can put masks on and they won't breathe on each other doing a walkthrough which will start in the second phase which is August 7th. But as soon as they actually start playing football, I, I mean, I, I think we might see cases in the Pac-12 start to go up. Um, I think the things that will close it down are cases going up and or and or uh, cases and deaths go up in California generally. It's kind of it is where it's been for the last couple of weeks. Right. But and they've moved forward and they're main, they're able to maintain their environment under those under the state's environment so that's kind of working but it's a whole it's a whole nother thing when they actually start hitting each other and playing football and pushing and shoving and breathing on each other and then there's the whole human element remember when the nation tried to lock down for a month and it did it fairly successfully and then everyone got lockdown fatigue these players are going to be into this into this protocol pretty deep by the time fall camp starts i I mean by wow by late august to uh early september they're going to be so tired and are they not going to go see their girlfriend at a party i don't know it's going to be tough i mean how far are we in? We're not even to fall camp, and you and you have what was it was Rutgers, uh, their entire team's quarantine because fifteen players went, I think, uh, went some tested positive because they all went to a party. Yeah. Um, well, and that's I, the other thing is like, so if I'm a player, um, yeah, I want to play, right? Like I'm a twenty-one year old. I really, I, I just want to play, but also. After a little while of this, don't you feel like cattle? Like, you're just getting... So, everybody else is in kind of the same boat. Regular student, they have to still do their class remotely, and it sucks, and they got to be home, and it sucks. But you, on top of that, have to go and practice and do your weightlifting, but in this new and really crappy way. Like, where there's all these restrictions, you've got to walk this way, you've got to do this stuff, and it's just, it adds so much onus to everything you're doing. I would just, uh, to, like, yeah. just kind of adding yeah. on your point about the stress level, but, like, it's extra for them. And yeah. I, I think that thought is going to occur to them, that, well, what what am I doing? I'm not getting paid to do this. Just, yeah. What is this? And I... It- and if you're Cal or you're USC, you're more motivated because you're saying, "Hey, we're going to be good this year." Yeah, and you're UCLA. If you're Cal, yeah. If you're Cal, they might they might risk their life to play that season. That might be their <laughs> best season in in a decade, right? <laughs> UCLA, they're all, you know, we've lost two years in a row. I don't know. We've now lost two games. I, I'm not risking my life. Yeah. I, I mean, that's natural human. Well, and, you know. I, I, and even beyond that, like, even if they're like, you know, I, at 21, I was never thinking I was dying anyway. Um, but even we beyond, all are. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, every day. Every day. Just yeah. a little. Yeah. Um, 
but even beyond that, just the pain in the ass. Like, just dealing with the constant day-to-day, like, oh, this sucks. Like, this is just, I've got to, you know, when I go in there, I can only be in the weight room by myself. Or I have to do take all the weights outside or, you know, whatever it is. And it's just yep. like. It's enough anyway to for yeah. It's enough anyway to drive people crazy, and then you add all this other stuff on it. And it's like, well, wh- why are you trying to do anything extra? Nobody should be trying to do anything extra right now. Yeah, yeah, and and for the coaching staff, there's yeah. a lot more for them to go just to get to square one. <laughs> they've got to jump through a lot of hoops. They're getting <laughs> tested. They're getting. They've got to put on masks. They've got to stay. 20 feet from I mean, away from each other on the field. I mean, how about the training, the training staff from, from what I've heard and I've got to nail this down more, the training staff. So the most teams are practicing in groups in like groups of 10, they can go out there and condition them. Okay. So they're instead of one session for the whole team, like you'd usually do the training staff is, going to do like six sessions all day long. They're doing six a days pretty much standing out. And right now it's what 90 degrees in yeah. Southern California. So they're standing out there on that hot spalding field. I mean, there is going to be uh, excess COVID precaution fatigue. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. A it's very just, distinct it's, element. I mean, and like not to get like too, you know, uh, talking about other stuff but like the mental health like factor with all of this is gonna be profound um and so speaking of the training staff this is another thing so you're increasing um the hours that they have to be on the field right because you have to do that to split up the players well they still have to come into contact with all these guys like the the risk of the infection and what it might do to the players is you know, probably minimal there. You know, I'm sure I'm sure in the broad course of college athletics, somebody's going to get seriously ill and and hopefully hopefully knock on wood, nobody dies. Um, But the risk isn't really for the players themselves. It's for everyone surrounding. It's the coaches, the trainers, the their families, the whole, you know, everybody else that could get infected by an infectious disease. And, you know, when you're mixing things up and you've got these trainers having to be on the field for X number of hours a day in close contact with smaller contingents, but for extended periods of time, that's increasing their infection risk. Yep. Um, so there's just, there's so many factors with all of this that could go wrong. I think that's the best way to think about it. And that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it is yeah, in a perfect world, could you get this off the ground and get it moving? Sure. Totally. Uh, but two things go wrong and it's, it's done. So, um, well, let's transition there to talk then about my other idea. And that's, and I think people brought it up on the, on the forum and I've been throwing around this idea in my head. I throw around things in my head. Um, that's kind of dangerous. The college, okay? college basketball bubble. Mm. Um, I think the only professional league that has a chance is the NBA because they're in the bubble. I mean, we won't even you talk about you, you didn't like Major the information baseball. about the Marlins. <laughs> How many are they up to? I think they're up to I like, think it's 18? like it's 18, 17, 18, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, who was the player who also snuck out to get some wings at a strip bar? That was in the NBA. That was, Lou that Williams. was in the NBA. See, yeah. that's, that's just beautiful. But um, I think the NBA has a chance because they're all under lockdown. I think college basketball should right now start thinking, about this. I know there's a bunch of people out there going, ah, no, no, no. But it's kind of a reasonable proposition. The Pac-12 could find some location. I mean, there are plenty in Southern California that have multiple courts, that have a bunch of facilities all within five to ten miles with a lot of open uh, hotel room space. Um, The money that you're saving flying all flying them all over the country for away games would probably offset just the cost of mounting this um plus let's say obviously you're going to cut this down just to the conference games would start in january um 
you're so you're taking a, a bunch of games away by January. I just don't see that these uh, universities are going to be you know 100% in person again. Majority of the instruction is going to be online. So you could hypothetically lift all 12 Pac-12 teams, put them in an area while they take their classes online. They're living in the UCLA designated hotel. They have their practice court. And then all the Pac-12 teams just play. What would it be? I mean, they play uh, how many Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. They play three a day. Let's say get them all, get those all played. They have a practice facility at the beginning of the week. I think this could work. I really think that the Pac-12, and here's the other two. This is the big. This is the big thing. The NCAA does not govern foot, uh, uh, college football. The NCAA does have a huge, 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 huge stake in college basketball, and they want to get that NCAA tournament. How much is that NCAA tournament worth? Five hundred million dollars? I don't know. Something like something, that. something ridiculous. You want to get them to that college basketball tournament. And you're starting this in January. By the time you get there, March, April, we could be in a completely different place when it comes to COVID-19. So I the, think the, this is the only way to do this. I, the, I don't think you can travel basketball teams every week to two different places on a road trip. And that's just such a high risk. So such a high risk. Logistically, I think you're right. I think that is the only way logistically to do a season that, you know, you play the whole conference and then you, you know, do a, hopefully by March things are figured out. Um, but the, the actual function of what you're talking about, I think is a complete non-starter. And the reason is these athletes are unpaid. So the NBA, they can willingly go into that because they're all getting minimum millions of dollars. Um, to go play. Um, so they can all consent to being under house arrest, uh, which is basically what that is. Um, so if they bubbled up the college basketball players, even if you say California is in lockdown by that point, or all these states are in lockdown by that point, lockdown didn't mean house arrest. Lockdown meant uh, if you need to go out to the store, you can go out to the store. If you need to go out here, you can go out here. We would be talking about something more stringent for these athletes because for a bubble to work it has to be like the nba's where it is they're under lock and key basically they've got to be there they've got to get their food there they've got to stay there um and it's only very special circumstances where they can leave and if they leave they've got to come back and they've got to quarantine um for for college basketball to do that uh even if you i, have I don't the see i don't see the problem they're not getting paid. And so you're actually imposing more stringent requirements on them than would be on the public or on other students um, with no benefit to them. Oh, so you're, I get what you're saying. You're saying whether uh, the players would say, no, I think the players, I think, I think it wouldn't even get to that point because I think the schools themselves would have to balk at it because they would get pushed back before it even gets off the ground. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think the see, players, that's interesting I don't think the I players think... would actually have much of a problem with it, but I think the optics of it from like a, I don't know, public perception standpoint would make it a non-starter. That's kind of funny because from what I've heard talking to a few people around the Pac-12 about, and like some fellow publishers, about the feedback from players and families of players they're they're this is football players they're scared of sending their son this has been over the last few months right as they've been reporting they were scared to send their son into a non-lockdown environment um i think just listening to all of that how difficult that actually was there was a huge process to get those families a lot of the families to sign off on letting their kid go into this environment where they aren't locked down. I think they, I know what you're saying optically, but I think no, 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 but the, I the think players that, and the families would be more willing to send them into a, into a safer environment. Well, and I think they would be, but I think we might be missing the, the, the point of that. 
their priority is the players, their, their, their children's safety. Um, and the circumstance that's safest is not playing a season. Um, and that would be the most reasonable answer to a situation where you would have to put, um, however many college basketball players there are under lock and key to play a season, uh, because of an infectious disease is to not play that season. Um, that's the safest and most reasonable answer. What we're talking about is how do you maximize profit while keeping things somewhat safe? Um, I don't know if that's actually the calculation that families are making, especially if their kids are not clear-cut professional players, which for the vast majority of people is not the case. Um, so I think if I had to guess, the, the, the families that are actually concerned about the safety of their kids would prefer that they didn't play at all if the situation is still in as fraught a position as it is by the time basketball season comes around. I agree. But these are um, families and parents of athletes who want to see their kids play. I mean, so many of them signed off on the football environment. I don't know. I think I think it would make them feel a lot more secure. I want to talk I know, about my idea. That's what I'm saying. I know here. what you're saying. You ready for me I know, to talk about my wait, idea? What, what were you talking? It was. You ever see that movie War Games? Yeah. What was the line? The only winning move is not to play. It's not to play. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I and that's I, I think if the if the situation is still where it is where it is right now in two months, then I don't I don't think they're playing. But here's my idea. You ready okay, for it, Tracy? It, it. Are you ready for I've it? Heard, Are you, you know ready? You know what, Dave? I've heard it, but I'm I'm going to act like this is the first time I've ever All heard right, it. So go ready? ahead. Yeah. Okay. I think the situation is probably not going to be better by December. But I think it has a chance to start looking better by January, February. Okay. So now, you mean conference talking, games for basketball. Yeah, throw say. football outside. Let's let's not talk about football anymore cuz there's a chance no season happens if things are still looking pretty bad come February. But basketball, you still have 2 months of what would be the regularly scheduled season at that point. You still have February, you still have March. If things are looking better by end of January. What if you went full World Cup style and didn't worry about playing a regular season? Don't worry about a conference play thing. Everyone eligible, every single team in college basketball eligible for a World Cup style tournament. And what I mean by that is you begin with a group stage, probably six teams to a stage, to a, to a group. Um, where they play around Robin over a course of three weeks. You know, you play everybody, come out with your record. So and not conference. It's beyond conference. We'll there is it, no we'll conference. We'll call it divisions, but I would I would even make it even more regional than that. But That's what I was going to say. And this is regional, too. Is I would keep saying. it very people regional. People, so you're not doing bubble. No, you're I, saying they're still traveling. They're traveling, but they're traveling very regionally. They're not getting on a long plane flight and going to some other area. Because that also minimizes local spread too. Like limit, uh, minimizes it to local spread. You know, you're not carrying your weird Washington virus to Missouri. Um, okay, so you do something regional, and you have one team advance from each pod. Well, if you do the math on that, there's like 360 ish uh, Division One basketball teams. So you got six teams a pod. You got about a 64 team tournament right at the end of that. That's if all those 364. Uh, Division One teams decide are still to play. around, yeah. and they've got to still be around at that point because yeah. it's not looking pretty for athletic departments going into the fall. But you can call those pods whatever size you want, right? Like it doesn't really matter. They could be fourteen pods, five team pods, whatever. Um, but you play that over the course of three weeks in February, and then you play your NCAA tournament in March. Okay, so wait, why don't we meld our ideas here? Okay, why don't we bubble up the pods? Make- bubble up the pods make them mini bubbles so when they go there okay so well, they're, then you they're like regular thing. students they're regular students they go to their pod and they're bubbled up they got to go in they got to get tested they get everything done they're in and how long is how long is this pod for the pod the pod was the initial idea was used to do it like a traditional basketball weekend so it would be okay. three weeks but you could also if you're potting up you could do it in a more condensed format. I mean, the NBA plays like okay. every other night. College basketball okay. could probably so do it too. So bubble up the pot. And then they you do 
a number of different, they're going to go to different every time they go. And it's how, how much would it take to play those games? Three different trips total instead of, you know, UCLA playing, having to play New Mexico and flying, you know, exactly. The logistics are, are crazy unless you bubble up those pods. You got to bubble up the the, pods. It's the, it's a precursor to the NCAA tournament, but everyone's bubbled up. You got to bubble up. Well, so that's the situation. I think if you get to, if you get, I think you can still try to play your conference season if it's December and things are looking better, right? But if it's if it's getting into mid January before things start looking up, let's let's go with a Super World Cup tournament. Let's get crazy. Let's get fun. I think it would be fun. I think though, what's going to happen? The same. Uh, what would take precedent over that is that they play a conference season because you're seeing the priority right now in football. Let's just get rid of these non-conference games that don't make anyone any money. Let's also move the big two rivalry games to the front and so we can make sure we get those played. I don't think all of these teams are going to risk going somewhere for UCLA to play Monmouth compared to playing Stanford, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But they wouldn't I be playing Monmouth. Play- They'd be playing okay. like Pepperdine. Uh, uh, Weber State. No, it'd be super regional. It'd be like okay. UCLA, USC, Pepperdine, whatever, Long Beach okay. State. So if we're bubbled up and they're playing Pepperdine, why not bubble up and have them just play the Pac-12? I don't know. I think what we're saying, though, Dave, is we're bubbling up no matter what. I mean, I, so ah. your bubble, your bubble is, I think, different from my bubble. Like, I think your bubble maybe is a little extreme. Your bubble is talking about like weeks and weeks, offensively. And weeks. Yeah, like you could talk yeah. me into a bubble for a week. I don't well, know if they, you can talk me into a bubble for 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 over a month. Okay, well, maybe not. Uh, let's just say there's a compromise within the Pac-12 of where you're going for a two-week bubble as opposed to a two-month. Don't month. you just like saying bubble? I, you know, that's the only reason why I'm doing this. It's so good. I like saying bubble up too. Yeah, no, bubble up. Yeah. Bubble up. Okay, that's enough of that. Uh, right. We're bubbling so, up. So, other thing, there's a lot. There's kind of a lot going on right now. Chris Smith. Uh, yeah, he's who, a guy. We know yeah, him. His, he has his name in the NBA draft. He has to withdraw it. According to the NCAA, their deadline is Monday. Monday, right? Is that the third? Yeah. Um, One of those days, yeah. He has to withdraw his name uh, from the draft to remain eligible. Um, Very interesting little wrinkle, though. Uh, (laughs) The NCAA and the NBA just don't seem like they're ever on the same page. Um, The NBA's deadline to submit your name to (laughs) the draft is August 17th. So anyone in Christmas uh, uh, situation could withdraw his name by Monday, by the 3rd. And then if he wants to, change his mind. So he's retaining his eligibility for the next two weeks. But then he has until the 17th to resubmit his name into the draft. Um, So what that means for UCLA is that if he... We know by Monday if he doesn't withdraw his name, well, okay, it's over. If he does withdraw his name, that's a good sign you'd have to see. But you know, these kids could absolutely—he could absolutely change change his mind in two weeks. I think there was wasn't it Jordan Adams who changed his mind? I think so many yeah. of them have cha- changed their minds. Uh, so that could that could happen. But this this is going to get kind of interesting uh at least by monday i i fully expect him to withdraw his name by monday but then there's that asterisk that he has until the 17th so there you go that's gonna be weird and then if we're talking more basketball let's talk more basketball um and let's talk basketball recruiting because we don't do that that much we don't do that that much very interesting with the commitment in the 2021 class with Peyton Watson, who is a wing. If you look at 
uh, <laughs> UCLA's depth chart, they're kind of they're kind of winged up. They're all winged up. <laughs> yeah, um, they have a lot of wings. Uh, That's what you, you meant by winged up. Yeah, um, yep. they need and they absolutely need a post for 2021. You would think that they would need a lead guard also. Um, not ideal to keep going through seasons with only one true point guard. Um, but the thing is, with the commitment of Peyton Watson, they only have one scholarship to give. Now, I've made the point that uh, I wrote about it that I don't think Jalen Hill and or Cody Riley will probably be back for their redshirt senior year. Probably they just have... <laughs> Those two guys have probably just had enough of school and just want to get out and and maybe go play in, you know, Lithuania rather than especially if they're graduated. I think there'll be scholarships opened up. Um, but I also wrote the story about how what Peyton Watson does, how he impacts recruiting that a lot of 2021 players are going to look at that and say, well, that makes you feel more attractive to me because I'm playing with another elite player and we could be really good in that one year that I go to college before I jump to the NBA. Um, and I've heard, and I've heard this from some AU guys, uh, that UCLA is kind of confident that its chances are improving to get Jaden Hardy especially with the commitment of Peyton Watson. Uh, I think I've made it kind of clear that I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm not adamant about it, but I'm not exactly completely on board holding out with the Jaden Hardy recruitment. Uh, I think he's a guy who's going to wait until next spring, could go to the G League select. Uh, I think we've seen at UCLA enough instances where you should take the bird in the hand. Hey, take Thomas Welsh, right? Uh, take Aaron Holiday, bird in the hand. I mean, over uh, Norman Powell. <laughs> I happen to name three bird in a hand, birds in the hand that made it to the NBA. But these are guys that built your program, that that made your program. Um, it wasn't the Shabazz Muhammad, really. Uh, I I just and especially now with the, that G the most League the most selfish thing. the most selfish single season I think I've ever seen in UCLA history. Just, yeah, I had to note it again. Wait, okay. Well, there's another candidate for that, but I mean, okay. there's there's some real like hardcore candidates, but Shabazz um, throwing a, a a hissy fit when um, Larry Drew hit the game winner because he didn't get a touch. That was that was peak. That was really yeah. cool. So. Uh, and it's risky in any other year, but now with the G League select option, I don't know. Uh, I think I think I'd opt for the solid bird in hand, like KJ Simpson, the the lead guard prospect from um, West Hill Chaminade. It's it's going to be something. Just, I think UCLA is probably now even more entrenched in the Jaden Hardy thing. Mm. Uh, so let's say they do get Jane Hardy next spring. Like get him, get him, or get him for a couple of months before he goes to the G League. That's what that's where I was going with that. Yeah. That would be that would be really kind of tragic <laughs> if that's if that's what happened. Um, and you know, Dacian Nix went to the G League. I've seen Dacian Nix a few times. I've seen Jaden Hardy a few times. If I were going to take either one, I would. Absolutely, I I would take Jaden Hardy Hardy over Dacian Nix. Yeah, Jaden Hardy's six four, long, athletic. He doesn't have the passing ability even close of Dacian Nix, but he's going to be a lead guard in the NBA. He looks more like an NBA player than Dacian Nix. Yeah, um, Dacian Nix. You, you have to watch Dacian Nix a little while to see that. Okay, that passing ability is super elite. And he's and he's thickish. Yeah, he's not great laterally. He's not quick. You know, quick twitch. Uh, he's a he's a better candidate for and that's that's me right now. I mean, after, how about in a year when I mean he looks like a baby? He's gonna 
grow more, fill out a little bit more, get better with his skills. I don't. I I haven't seen too many six four babies, Tracy. <laughs> it's funny because um, we saw it with with Halland when Halland came to UCLA. He recruited the guy that the athletic hard worker who would play defense. He went to three final fours. Then he just decided I need to take it to another level and try to stretch and get the kind of recruits that he never really coached before. And actually, and what really did him in was, was failing to get those. And then he had to settle, but I don't know. I mean, I, I have to tell you for only being there about a, a short time, I, I, Mick Cronin has done a lot of things that I go, yeah, that's right. He gets it. Um, so I'm almost to the point where I'll just say, you know what, I'll, I'll trust in Mick. But if I had to maybe nitpick one little thing, it might be staying in the Jaden Hardy thing until next spring. All right. What What do you think? I, I do think uh, that there's a you potential. went on. Did you leave while I was rambling? Or, no, 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 no. I was I was taking it all in. I was really okay. um, marinating on it. I was thinking about all the ways uh, UCLA could get winged up further. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. I think um, pursuing him to the end of the earth at this point would probably be a mistake. Um, but. I don't hate it if you're still kicking the tires a little bit right now. Um, I think absolutely. That's, I think 100%. that's totally fine. I think you keep recruiting him because situations can change. But this one smacks of G League, um, and it's going to be a great test case. And I don't, I don't envy Mick Cronin the the task of trying to evaluate it because it is tough. Um, I mean, baseball has been doing the same sort of thing, the same sort of style with high school recruiting forever. And you still guess wrong a lot. Um, you know, John Savage is still always signing a class that includes a couple of guys who decide to go into the draft. And it just happens. But in baseball, you can do it because you're signing a, you know, a class of a bunch of dudes every year. Uh, in basketball, it's a little bit different. You know, you've got you to gotta hit it just right because you've only got, you know, between two and five bodies every year that are coming in. Um, so... Hopefully, I would say hopefully like, they don't waste too much time. Um, but right now, well, I'm not saying it's a mistake. But if they if they do carry it forward to April, it very well could be. And like kind of what you're saying, um, it, it, it's not a mistake to keep going right now. But why not? You've, I think KJ Simpson is probably going to commit to Arizona or USC within the next month. Why not just take his commitment? Yeah, right. I agree. And then and then roll the dice that it's not even rolling the dice, but that Cody Riley and Jalen Hill are going to be gone. You get a big with the other, and then Jaden Hardy wants to come. Okay, we'll take Jaden Hardy too in April. But at least if you get Jaden Hardy, you have him in spring. He goes to the G League. Then you got KJ Simpson still on your roster as your backup point guard behind Tiger Campbell, who, yeah. by the way. Who knows? I mean, redshirt junior year, Tiger Campbell going to get tired of all this is, you know, he might even be able to graduate by then. Who knows? But, yeah, but where's he going? Go play in Greece for $150,000 a year. All I'm saying is I don't think I don't think it's either or situation. Why not take KJ Simpson and then roll the dice with. With Jaden Hardy till the end of the year. I don't know. So the, the decision to go play like pro, I always see that as more of a guy who's maybe a little dissatisfied with his role. A little bit. Like, not necessarily a disgruntled type, but, like, I could see it from a Jalen Hill and Cody Riley in, you know, a year or two where they're like, well, I've done what I need to do. Um, and I'm still splitting time with this other guy. Let me just go get paid because I'm not going to show enough. Um, but like Tiger Campbell's going to be the lead guard on some really good UCLA teams. I mean, I'm not seeing him going and playing in Greece after his redshirt junior year. Um, like you know, that's a guy who's probably going to be like a college guy that by that point. You play, you play, four, you play four years as a point guard for a for a UCLA team that's good. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know all of these guys and all of these families, no matter how good they it, are. I get it. I get it. They it. just want, but they see always, their, but I always... would bet any amount of money that Tiger Campbell's, all the people close to him think he's an NBA point guard. 
Well, yeah, I'm sure they do, and I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, he maybe gets a cup of coffee or or whatever. Maybe he really develops the player. I don't know. Um, certainly, physically, he doesn't look like one, but he, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, but I don't know. There's always guys who start to embrace the college experience and really like start to love it a little bit. I could see yeah, point guards, like a point guard, your starting point guard, deciding to go play in Greece rather than play another year of college basketball. I don't know. Oh, you're you're so adorable. I when am. you're that old style, that old school. Look, kind of I, thing. I, as as I have as I've said on this uh, on this on this podcast uh, as recently as last week, full basketball homer right now. <laughs> you couldn't tell me a negative thing about this basketball program. You want to criticize them for recruiting Jaden Hardy? I will flame you, sir. <laughs> I will set you afire. And how we got off on this little tangent is, I was trying to say that there might be another scholarship opening up. So let's just. Keep your hand. Okay, we won't talk about Tiger Campbell because obviously, little basketball Homer here is getting all pissed off. But look, I don't, w- I don't want to. Will hear you your get mad if right I now. say something like maybe Cody Riley and Jalen Hill, or let's even say Jules Bernard or David Singleton or Kenneth Nuba, who has they've look, not if, if you're in time. If you're fully committed to being a negative Nelly, I can't help but to go along with <laughs> all you. All I'm you're, saying you're, among you're one of those guys, you might get the scholar. There's a good chance you get the scholarship back. By the fall of 2021, and take KJ Simpson, and then take Jaden Hardy. Right. Right. I think it's a good idea. Okay, and they all need to. They all need to bubble up. I I think if if they're, I think if they're sufficiently winged up, then they can get bubbled up. I think we should get. Is that that's what that guy was doing? He was getting winged up. He was getting winged up before he went back because, to get bubbled up. Before he was bubbled up. I understand. Yeah, no, yeah. it makes sense. Makes sense yeah. to me. Do you think he got buffalo style styled up or barbecue upped? Mm, easy well, which, I, I think buffalo. Think, I think he's – I'm, I'm not a buffalo guy. You're not? No, 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 no. no you don't no. like spicy food? No, I, so I've got a couple of complications with wings. A couple of them. Okay. Okay. First. You, Dave, have you thought about this before? I have. Uh, first, I don't like messy food. Okay. I don't like having things. I don't like having like things sticking to my fingers. I don't like it. It's not mm-hmm. not a pleasurable experience for me. And I don't like spicy buffalo sauce. I like some spicy things. I just don't like buffalo sauce. Not very. Is good. there a phobia about not like wanting to eat messy food? There's got to be. There's a. There probably is, and I probably have it. Like I. So um, my parents used to make like barbecue chicken with like just doused in barbecue sauce, and I could not eat it. It was delicious. Really? When you were a I little kid. Yeah, and I couldn't do it. Like, I, I was like, can I get a napkin to wrap around, like, the little drumstick? Like, I can't do this. Um, so, yeah. No, I can't do it. I don't like, I don't like messy foods. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, you don't eat wings? I don't, unless they're, like, dry, dry. dry wings. Yeah. Oh, okay. I would much rather have a dry wing that I dip. Than one that's been sauced. But okay, even got then, it. Like a wing, like ribs I, are out of the out of the question. Ribs. So the thing is, ribs are good enough that I will. When the situation arises, when it's a really good rib place, I'll do it. But I don't like it's it's a lot on my fingers. Um, but wings, I don't think are good enough. Like it's a lot of work to get at. Like I mean, what are we really talking about? Like how much meat? Not much. So it's that's not the messy part. That's just an element. Yeah, of no, that's economics. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's economics. That's just that's just like rib pragmatism. Yeah, that's that's calories in, calories out. Like I I, want, I don't want to expend that much effort. Yeah, yeah, I get you. That's how I am with desserts. I'd rather eat a full pizza than have like a couple of pieces of cake. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Well, also because cake's bad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So we've come, we've, we've, I think we've satisfied the UCLA fans' need this week about everything they were concerned with. Chris Smith bubbling up, Cal, USC, messy foods. We got it, we covered the entire, is it gamut, Dave, or do you call it gamut? Oh, it's a gamut. Now, and in my younger days, did I call it probably a gamut? Probably. You didn't really. There's only one way. I'm looking this up. It's only gamut. You can only yeah, say no, it. It's definitely only gamut. But 
that's one that you definitely you definitely read that one before you hear it. Okay. Well, Dave, I got to tell you, you've just made me a, a booliant. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so happy that you're a booliant. I am as well, feeling great. And uh, yeah, we're just yeah. killing it. We're killing. We're killing the it. Game. I think this is about it. I think we did really oh, you well. Want, you want me to end the show? That's you what want I, me to do the thing where I, I okay. Oh, I brought I, it all the way around. Yeah, you know, I, and I appreciate it. Words. I, appreciate I thought it. that would. Yeah, yeah that no, would it was good. It was good. Yeah. Well, friends, Romans, countrymen, for Tracy Thanks. Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, and we will talk to you again next time. <laughs> See y'all. Be careful out there. <laughs>